Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Hello and welcome to this week's Thinking Ahead. This is Hannah and I'm going to be your host for today's special edition episode. As we all know, COVID-19 or the novel coronavirus has impacted almost everybody and every aspect of their lives in both the U.S. and around the world. GFK Consumer Insights leader Stacey Barrick and her team have been working hard to create a comprehensive study on consumers and the effect of the outbreak, especially on businesses and brands. The study's second wave has released just late last week, and she is here with me today to share some of the results with us. Thank you for being here, Stacey. Thank you, Hannah. So before we get into the data, can you explain to our listeners a little bit about the methodology of the study and the kind of information that it focuses on? Sure. We fielded two waves of a study online among approximately 1,000 American adults each time. The first wave was fielded March 3rd to 4th, and the second March 17th and 18th. When we first started tracking the topic, we were focused primarily on disruptions related to travel and lifestyle activities. But as the situation has evolved, we realized that American households were making so many different changes in their lives that we expanded our coverage to include shopping and spending habits, stock up and deferred purchases, and perceptions of how businesses are acting during the crisis, among other items. Interesting. So wave one and wave two were conducted only two weeks apart. Have you seen awareness and attitude changes since those two waves? Absolutely. This is such a fast-moving situation that attitudes and behaviors are changing incredibly rapidly. In just the two weeks between surveys, we saw the proportion of Americans who were very concerned about the virus double to nearly 50%, and a total of 80% are now concerned overall. Awareness, which was already very high during the first wave, is nearly universal, and half of the public have started following the news about the virus very closely compared to just over a third two weeks ago. The situation has also gotten much more personal for people as they begin to know people who have been or they themselves have been exposed to someone with COVID-19 or COVID-19 symptoms. Over one in nine have actually self-quarantined or isolated themselves for these very reasons. I know you just mentioned quarantines, but more specifically, what actions are people taking due to the virus and have these actions changed between the two waves? Americans are being much more careful about not visiting public places and also about washing their hands and using hand sanitizer. Their buying behaviors have also evolved quickly in the past two weeks, with the proportion tripling that say they are stocking up on non-perishables and shifting their purchases from physical stores to online. They are also preparing meals at home more frequently and delaying or canceling routine doctor visits and personal service appointments for things like hair and nails. Not surprisingly, some of the biggest disruptions remain in the travel and entertainment arena, with nearly one in four needing to cancel or change an upcoming trip for leisure, and one in 10 a trip for business. From the data, do people seem to be taking advice from the CDC and others in coping with the virus, or are they kind of taking on their own methods? We see a lot of positive changes, as I mentioned, in behaviors like hand washing and use of sanitizers, and we definitely see a big increase in the proportion who say they are avoiding many public places, from shopping centers and malls to restaurants to movie theaters to gyms. 
However, it's worth noting that despite these increases, we still see sizable minorities and in some cases majorities who have not changed these behaviors. For instance, while over half say they're washing their hands more frequently or thoroughly, another 40% do not report a change in this behavior. Likewise, while half or more Americans say they will avoid going to a whole host of indoor public places, at least 40% do not say they're expressly avoiding them. Now, some of this may be for people who are already doing behaviors like hand washing at a high level before. However, it's probable that a lot of it is not. It's also important to note, however, that many decisions have been taken out of people's hands as municipalities have closed schools and enacted some type of closure of local venues and businesses, and many employers have been told to have only essential personnel in a shared workplace environment. Two weeks ago, very little of this had already taken place. Now only 10% of Americans report not having had any type of personal disruption in their lives from either work, schools, or their local municipalities. That's incredible that the numbers of the people who aren't changing their you know, habits with washing hands or how only 10% haven't been affected yet you know, everyone's so worried about it. That's that's fairly surprising to me. What about uh, the big buzzword or the big thing everyone's talking about is social distancing? Are people really practicing it? So the trend is definitely towards more social distancing, but as mentioned earlier, we're not fully there yet. Uh, municipalities are starting to enforce greater bans on large gatherings and even smaller ones, and half of the Americans interviewed said their town had limited large public gatherings, but under half say they are personally planning to avoid such gatherings, and an even smaller proportion intend to avoid smaller ones. I would add that media reports of spring break partying young people aside, we have not seen big differences in behaviors by generations. If anything, younger people who have more social activities to give up than older ones have been cutting back more on social occasions. And I will say that anecdotally, I've had as much of a challenge getting my mother to lessen her social activities as I've had with my teenage son. It'll be interesting to see how that continues as, um, you know, we go into warmer weather in a lot of areas. Have people reported changing in their shopping habits? I know you said that a lot of people are going online, which, of course, a lot of places are closed. Um, but are they buying more? Or are they buying less? So there definitely have been a number of changes in shopping habits across the board. Beyond the stocking up in some key categories and a greater momentum towards online shopping, we've also seen over a third saying they try to visit physical stores during non-peak times. Many are also avoiding indoor shopping malls. Uh, What are they seeing as essential to buy versus optional? Before discussing specific buying behaviors, it's important to mention that many Americans are getting very nervous about the financial impact of the virus on them personally for both the short term and the long term. Two thirds are worried about making ends meet during the financial crisis and an equal proportion are worried about their long term nest egg. While that hasn't translated yet into a lot of people moving their financial assets around or removing cash from the bank, it is making them consider deferring larger purchases like cars or homes until the situation is resolved. When it comes to 16 other categories, the majority of Americans say their buying behaviors will remain the same over the next few weeks across all of them. However, there are variations in which categories have higher proportions, saying they expect to buy more of that item rather than less. Cleaning products and canned goods are the categories where the greatest number of people, around 4 in 10, expect to be buying more than the usual amount in the past in the next few weeks. 
Bottled water is on the stock up list for about a third. On the opposite side, we see apparel and footwear, which near, with nearly one third saying they'll buy less of this than usual, perhaps in line with all the anecdotes we've been hearing about people working from home in their pajamas, or perhaps more likely because they don't have the opportunity to try things on in the store. So it's not all bad for all retailers and stores is what you're saying. No, not at all. And, and there certainly are some things that we're seeing people buy or hoard more than they have in the past. Um, about a quarter of the population expect to be buying more toilet paper and more paper towels than usual of the next, over the next few weeks. And you could attribute some of this to hoarding behaviors, but also to a, a realization that family members are going to be spending more time at home than usual. Um, personal care and hygiene products, which also include hand sanitizer, is an area where we also see about a quarter thinking they'll buy greater, greater quantities than usual. So what about the effects on brands? What can brands learn from their business or for their business during this kind of a crisis? First of all, consumers are paying a lot of attention to what businesses are doing right now. Over three quarters of Americans say they've seen examples of companies being a force for good right now, but around a half have also seen companies that they view as taking advantage of the situation. How companies act right now to their customers, to their employees, and to the greater society can absolutely have a long-term effect on consumers' feelings about and willingness to continue to purchase or start purchasing specific brands. This scrutiny can help businesses gain back some of the trust they've lost over the years. GFK regularly tracks consumer trends through our Global Consumer Life Study. In that study, we see that trust is in short supply across many American institutions, from media to government to even charitable organizations, and businesses are towards the bottom of the list. In our most recent consumer life survey, only slightly more than one-third of American consumers trusted businesses to tell them the truth, behind the media but above the government. This is an opportunity for businesses to step up and grow their profiles with Americans. In addition, from a brand preference point of view, out-of-stock situations in the stores right now are leading to a lot of accidental brand trials because people are forced to buy whatever's on the shelf. This could result in shifts in brand loyalties or greater acceptances of store brands. People discover things they like from different manufacturers or at lower price points. Conversely, poor product performance can reinforce strong brand preferences based on taste or efficacy. How does the pandemic uh, crisis play into concerns or tendencies that people were already reporting before the virus? So we've already talked about trust deficits with many of our traditional institutions and the opportunity that companies have to regain consumer trust. All of our major institutions, be it national or local government, the media, or charitable and religious organizations, all have an opportunity to rebuild trust or conversely to further erode it this time. When it comes to other concerns, in consumer life, we track a number of key trends every year. We expect to see some of these trends get more magnified while others will get disrupted or manifest themselves differently. One example of a trend that will absolutely be magnified in the days to come is one we call seeking safety. Physical safety, both in and out of the home, has been a long-term concern for many Americans, with over half telling us that they are always concerned about their safety and security well before the current situation. We have certainly seen people take many steps to protect their physical safety in the last few weeks, be it on the health side through stocking up on disinfectant and hygiene products like cleaning supplies, hand sanitizers, and masks and gloves, 
or on the personal safety side where we have seen it with the rise in gun and ammunition sales. The U.S. is also very strong in a trend we call experience above all, which essentially shows that many people prefer experiences over material possessions. In the past, many of these experiences took place outside of people's home. This trend has already begun to morph as people try to recreate out-of-home experiences in home. We've already seen a number of cultural institutions like museums, the opera, and Broadway shows open themselves up virtually to homebound audiences. In addition, internet providers are doing away with data limits or giving people free access to greater broadband speeds. Personally, I've watched about five of the Metropolitan Opera streamed broadcasts with my teenage daughter this week. In the non-virtual space, painting studios are offering takeout craft kits, and while some are cutting down on their spending on toys and games right now, one in ten are ramping it up in everything from traditional board games to games that try to recreate out-of-home experiences like Escape the Room. We also know that purchase of in-home exercise equipment is up, and I would expect that streaming of exercise videos and services will also grow. One complaint we've heard from consumers quite a bit over the past few years is that the time they have is precious and they don't have enough time to enjoy all of the experiences that they want to do. A silver lining of being cooped up at home with loved ones may be that they get a little more extra time to do things together. One last trend I'd like to discuss that's likely to be temporarily disrupted is one called eco-conscience. This focus on environmental stewardship and protecting the environment is particularly pronounced among young people. In the short term, as people prioritize things like cleaning supplies and disinfectants and single-serve disposable items over reusable and recyclable items for sanitary concerns, we may see a momentary drop off in the priority of the environment vis-a-vis other issues, particularly as it relates to safety. But that trend is frankly too strong to disappear, and we would expect it to resurge when times are better. After the Great Recession, for instance, we saw economic concerns stay high and concern for other social issues drop. However, concern for pollution and climate change did not budge. Now, usually on the Thinking Ahead podcast, we like to end the conversation with a future look at what's coming up next, what we're thinking ahead about. Um, Do we know what's next? As time goes on, will consumers' attitudes continue to change and their concerns change, and will brands have to continue to adapt? At GFK, we have the luxury of being able to look back on decades worth of data through our Consumer Life Consumer Trends Survey to understand how attitudes and behaviors have rebounded after other crises, such as 9-11, SARS, and the Great Recession, among others. This crisis is unique in that it combines a pandemic with an economic crisis, but we believe that we still have a number of guideposts to look to when trying to understand which trends will endure and which will be fundamentally altered. We will be releasing releasing a white paper that goes into more details on this later this week about some of the lessons we have learned, but here are a few initial thoughts. When the immediate safety fears start to diminish, many of the other trends will re-spark. Americans are social people, and there will be a lot of pent-up demand to get out and about once it is safe. After all, we're a country that values experience above all. Physical stores will still lead for most everyday items, and Americans will want to take advantage of a lot of the out-of-home entertainment and leisure options that they missed, as their pocketbooks allow. Working from home and attending school virtually will also not be long-term trends for everyone. 
However, in all of these areas, consumers will have learned to appreciate some of the benefits and conveniences of the solutions that were put into place while they were at home. And similar to other crises, they will keep the things they like and revert back to the old ways for things that didn't work out as well. Whether it's a more seamless movement between work at home and work in the office, facilitated by better teleconferencing or video conferencing, virtual entertainment options that enable them to have a great experience with a lower cost outlay, or a greater acceptance of online shopping among consumers and categories where it formerly lagged, we expect to see a number of evolutions of behaviors as we come out the other side. Well, it sounds like there is a light at the end of the tunnel, which is great to hear from you, Stacey. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being here today. I know you are super busy with the study. If anyone listening would like more information about it, I will include a link in the description for you. You can find more information there. And Stacey has also provided us with a sample report of the first wave if you'd like to take a look at that. As the landscape continues to change for consumers and businesses alike, continue to tune in to Thinking Ahead for more information. Thanks again, Stacey. Thank you, Hannah. And now for our last segment, listen to this. Today we are joined by Adam Swift from GFK Consumer Life. This is Adam Swift with GFK Consumer Life. Staying healthy is on top of everyone's minds right now, but is that different than before? Listen to this. Last year, eight in 10 Americans said that preventative health was already part of their lifestyles. Let's keep it up. Make sure to stay at home if you are able to and always practice social distancing. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, click the link in the description. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.